Hello and welcome to Inside the Squad, a community outreach podcast brought to you by the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Inside the Squad is hosted by Lieutenant Scott Galloway and Specialist Shauna Wainscott of the Community Outreach and Crime Prevention Unit within the department. We discuss all topics related to the day-to-day operations of the Lafayette Police Department, and we feature interviews with officers and other public safety personnel who want to give you an inside look at law enforcement. Our goal is that you find this podcast interesting and informative, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Squad. I'm your host, Lieutenant Scott Galloway, and last week we started a special podcast program. We're going to try to drop one podcast per week, and we're going to talk about different aspects of officer wellness. So last week we talked about nutrition with Chief Flannelly, Ian O'Shields, and Dr. Will, and this week we're going to talk about stress. So we've uh, again invited back Chief Flannelly, uh, Specialist Ian O'Shields, and Dr. Will Moe, which is kind of his uh, wheelhouse, talking about stress. And as always, we have Lieutenant Brian Gossard. How's it going today, Brian? Going well. And Shauna Wayne Scott, how's it going? Going good. And as always, we have Patty Payne, who's our City Communications Marketing Director, and Alan Schwab, who's running the mics for us. We appreciate it, Alan. So uh, we'll get right into it. Um, Dr. Will, I'll, I'll start off with you. Uh, we know that stud- from studies that police officers have a suicide rate about one and a half times higher than the national average. Give us your insights of, of why that might be. It's sort of common. Now, I got interested in this because I, I started out as chaplain and a stress consultant for the local law enforcement agencies. And, of course, I was aware of all of these, like, you know, scary statistics about the, the you know, the, the depleting problem of, of officer health, okay, shorter lifespans. I mean, it goes on and on. And so I really got interested in this, especially as it pertains to their whole life, their life outside or off-duty. And there's a lot of research. And last week, uh, Chief Lanley uh, referenced uh, a guy who's probably the expert on this, Dr. Kevin Gilmartin. And he was a police officer in Arizona for full, t- you know, 20 years. And then he became a clinical psychologist studying this, and he coined the term hypervigilance, uh, and he called it the hypervigilance roller coaster was his term that he coined. And basically, it says people know the average person knows that a police officer during your tour, all of you folks, uh, have moments where lights and sirens go on, and you're you get elevated to acute stress. In other words, you know, uh, tempered by your training, whether it's an arrest or an accident scene or whatever. And then when that event ends and you're in your squad car doing your paperwork, the assumption is you go from a high acute stress to stasis, to, you know, calm. And as he pointed out, no, you don't. (laughs) You never completely down because of the need to be vigilant for the next event. And so it's unique among professions that for a, a whole tour, you have to be alert acting on your alertness or waiting for the next time you have to be. And it is emotionally exhausting. Uh, this research uh, that, that I that w- have been doing, uh, in, in addition to, um, to Gilmartin, uh, was based in the <laughs> work of uh, Robert Sapolsky from Stanford. And he's the guy who years ago uh, theorized that the human body has amazing ability to handle acute stress and come down from it with no damage to their system, okay? You can, you know, it's the fight or flight thing. 
we are um, you know made to kind of and you know deal with that and then come down to calm we are poorly designed physiologically to deal with chronic stress he wrote a book i always love the title of this why zebras don't get ulcers <laughs> he said you know the zebras out in the field and cortisol level they're very calm all of a sudden there's a predator a lion and they start, they start running 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 and then oh you know they got fred oh too bad and then everybody sort of calms down and they return to their calm state uh and the fact of the matter is is that we are poorly designed to handle a constant state of vigilance this is is it acute with police officers absolutely it's the story of american life these days about having to be alert chronic stress and chronic stress is associated with all manner uh of of health challenges uh and so while police officers are in particularly uh challenging chronic stress uh it it affects everyone one of the things he talked about which i thought was fascinating uh gil martin was that because of this having to be in this hyper alert state for your whole tour when you get off duty <laughs> he said it was like a cliche he said the cliche about the officers is they go home and they crash out in their lounge chair watching tv or the internet uh and he called it the magic chair and officers laugh at this because it's like oh yeah 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 and he said it gets misunderstood that is emotional exhaustion you may not be physically exhausted but you're emotionally depleted and you need recovery time so i've had the privilege uh, with lpd um of 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 being able to talk to the families of new officers and it's amazing to me how few of them understand this part of that that the recovery after the tour is not disconnection emotionally from the family life that's oftentimes how it gets you know viewed here's how i do it you have a long day of work you know joe and mary america and you're exhausted you can't wait to get home get into your sweats and flop down so you can't wait you get home you realize oh no we have dinner with the lobermans oh god and so you force yourself you have to suck it up you got to take a shower you're exhausted you go and you find routinely that at 7:30 or 8 you know you've perked up you're fine it evidently wasn't physical exhaustion it's emotional depletion that requires recovery that's true writ large for police officers because of this hypervigilance and so the more people out there citizens know that even if you see an officer kind of you know cruising around and and obviously is between crises uh it was one quick thing I'll, I'll tell you it was really remarkable to me as a citizen when i was told by an officer that police officers get very well they get cautious if hey this is my friend joe and you pull up next to them in their car and want to talk to them through their window it seems like a friendly thing and it's like no that's when an officer is actually the most vulnerable for their safety who knows that what citizen understands that nobody and so you think oh man that way didn't seem very friendly yeah because he doesn't know who you are knucklehead and so you know th- these are the kind of educational uh insights that I think it's really critical that's why this podcast I think is so helpful that's my mission that's the mission I'm on is to have people understand you know what this job entails vis-a-vis the health and stress of the officers and But, chief uh I'll kick it to you what stress do officers uh typically have and not seen by the public specifically kind of like kind of Dr. Dr. Will said about the pulling up to an officer what kind of other things do you know yeah One of the things that we do a couple times a year is we have our Police Citizens Academy and one I I love 
the I meet with the with the group at the beginning and then at the very end. And one of the things that I like to ask about is what the experiences were like when they did their ride-alongs. Um, and, and those are often mixed. But I think what most people don't understand about law enforcement is just what the daily routine is like. And it's hard to understand it unless you've actually experienced it. I, I like to joke uh, – Police work is one of those things like police work, coaching, and teaching. The three things that everyone knows something about, um, and they all think they can do it better than the people that do it, um, because they sit on the outside and they look in, and they and it, they what the, I think what they don't understand sometimes is that it's you. While you may think that you understand what a person is going through, it's nearly impossible to understand what a police officer is experiencing, physically, emotionally. Uh, the, the responses that are going on in their body when they experience stress. And so stress comes in, it comes in different forms for police officers. And it's interesting because I think it changes over time. When, when, you're, when you're a young officer and you're experiencing calls for the first time, everything is very stressful. Even just trying to learn what the, the 10 codes are on the radio and being able to listen to and understand where people are and then how do, how do I get from point A to point B while I'm trying to think about what's happening, especially if it's something that appears to be pretty stressful, like someone's calling for help or, you know, I know uh, there's a domestic battery that's in progress or robbery in progress, those things where there's just a lot of stuff going on in your mind. And then you get there and now you have to, you have to deal with it. And so our training program, you know, historically, I think we've, we've gotten better and better at understanding how to how to to do the technical aspects of our job. We've gotten really good about the the tactical aspects of our job. Um, but one thing that we've been lagging behind on is is really understanding how this affects the police officer because there is and, and to Dr. Will's comments there there is a, a price that we pay uh, physiologically for experience in this and you know our guys. And, and girls work, tw they work 12 hours a day, uh, three days on, two days off, two days on, three days off. And 12-hour shifts are, are fairly common in law enforcement. Uh, there's, there's a lot of research that's being done on what, what the ideal shift length should be and what the, what the time off should be. But uh, the reason we went to these 12-hour shifts is because we were looking for continuous time off. And that's where it gives officers the time to recover physiologically from the stress that they're experiencing. So when they, when they sink into the magic chair, and uh, I guess nowadays it would be Netflix or <laughs> Prime or some show or whatever, um, you know, that's, they, they have the time off to recover. And so, you know, while I don't, I don't necessarily know that anyone can experience the stress of a police officer because I think it's, again, when, when police officers are going to calls all day long, you know, it's not because people are calling them and asking them, like, hey, Officer Pat, can you come over and have a cup of coffee with me? You know, I just want to kind of chat about how your day's going. And, it, you know, it's not that. We're, we're dealing with people in crisis, uh, sometimes all day long. And sometimes there is no break. Sometimes there is no recovery period in between calls. Sometimes it's, it's one on top of the other. And that can build up. And while I think we, we do an outstanding job of dealing with those, uh, those crises in the moment, I think we're learning now that we have to do a better job once we're done 
in recovering from that. One of the things that's really uh, struck me is is that on, on a routine shift, I don't know any profession where you have to go from the, the trained uh, tactical aggression of an arrest, you commit back into your car, and then an hour or two later, you have to be out on the interstate or, or you know, on, on a road uh, taking charge of an accident scene, and you're having to empathically comfort a, an accident victim who looks like your mother. I mean, the, the, people don't think about that, about the range of emotion. You know, I worked for, when I was a new therapist, worked with a lot of Vietnam vets, and, co- and, and combat you are displaced from regular society and you're in that situation where all of your training is focused in that environment. Police officers have to do these kinds of experiences and then come out and, you know, go to the store. And don't forget, the whole time they're doing this, they're being scrutinized by, by the public. That's right. That's right. Watching everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great topic that we're talking about. And, you know, stress is one of the things that will kill anybody. You know, not just not just police officers, uh, but you know, we all signed up for the job, and uh, you know, stress in this this line of work is inevitable. Um, so you know, that's why, and I know we're going to talk about uh, exercise at a later date and and sleep, and we already talked about nutrition, but you know, that's why I want that's why I feel so strongly about those other topics because it's a way to help manage this stress. And I'll tell you right now. You know, yeah, you got stress on the job and you go home and you sit in that magic chair. One thing that I find that I do uh, is I sit in that magic chair and I zone out. And then I get stressed out that I'm like, Ian, you need to get up and you need to interact with your kids and you need to talk to the wife. And, you know, sometimes it's tough. And then then you get, you know, the wife may get upset with you or husband and the ladies, you know. Uh, world but uh and then there's the stress of well now she's upset with me and man it can be such a snowball effect and it's even worse when you're not taking care of yourself and you know i i truly appreciate the support of of our community and the citizens and everybody that that's pro police because we need that uh but man if if we can get uh, our police officers to listen to this podcast too because we constantly need reminding of hey you know you got to help yourself before you can help others um, and, and the family needs to listen to it because just the point you're making, this is what's been shocking to me, how few family members, spouses, et cetera, understand that that uh, recovery time uh, gets misconstrued as I'm not engaged with the family. And it's like I tell them, you know, their shift is 16 hours, 12 on the job and then three or four to recover. And then I'm, and so if the officer knows, okay, you're being allowed this recovery time, and then you're back at it, you know, jumping in, uh, it can ameliorate a lot of the misunderstanding and tension between family members, and that's where it really becomes a problem. So leading off on that, Ian, um, so what are some of the ways that you've seen or heard that officers cope with stress, both negative and positively? Like, like alcoholism, smoking, those negative factors, those kind of absolutely lead into I mean, you know they're eating poorly and they matter they may not have been drinkers or smokers or used drugs prior to getting into law enforcement but when dr will talks about that cycle then they start down that road they, of, they find something to take that edge off being that they're my partners you know i want to avoid that uh you know so yeah drugs alcohol or they'll bottle it up you know then be, they become depressed anxiety and then that leads to suicide it's just a horrible snowball effect you know so, so are, once again into the caveat later into exercise what's the positive things that people you know, do instead of going yeah, down absolutely. that road so uh 
exercise, uh, you know, spending time with family. If it's if it gets too bad, go find a counselor. You know, don't be too big that you you say that you can't go find help. Uh, go find help. And then Doctor Will's always roaming our hallway, so he's always a friendly uh, sight to see every time several you see. times. Yeah. And, and yeah. another yeah. huge one, another huge one that uh, I truly believe in is finding a hobby or finding a, a, a group of people that you know outside of police work. Cops are great, but you need you need a life outside of police work as well. And uh, so finding a community or a group or, you know, church or whatever it may be, Amen. finding that outside of police work to get your mind off police work, I think is is just a, another good way of uh, right making Bet. yourself Excellent healthy. Point. Chief, do you have something before we close yeah. out? So, and I think, and this would be a great segue for when we start talking about uh, physical fitness and those types of uh, programs that we can do within law enforcement circles to help keep our, our people healthy. But because of the work of people like Dr. Will and Dr. Gil Martin and John Violante and uh, Brian Veal, all these, there's a lot of work that's being done really in the last. I mean, it's been going on for a while, but the last 10 years, I think we've really started to understand Mm -hmm. how we can better care for our officers and how we can mitigate that. And so while I do think that there was a time where uh, turning to alcohol, uh, turning to to smoking, um, even in some extreme cases, uh, issues with prescription medications, those types of things. What we what we know now with our next generation of police officers and there was a survey that was done, I, I I can't quote the survey, but uh, it was just I was just made aware of it a couple weeks ago that when they surveyed young officers on how they how they deal with stress, 54 percent of them said that they they like to exercise and they like to work out. And that's coupled with a great nutrition program and good sleep. Those three things right there can build those the resilience that we need. And, and, and Ian made a great point is we all know what we're what we're asking for, um, you know, so we're not. You know, I, police officers aren't looking for sympathy. I mean, I think what police officers, I think, just need is is a level of understanding as to how, how stress and how, how the life of being a police officer can affect them, not just on the job but off the job as well. And so we, I think there is more positive news coming down the road than there is negative, and that's, that's what we can, uh, you know, we can focus on that moving forward. Thanks again for everybody, everybody being with us, Dr. Will, Chief, and Ian. I hope you can join us next week when we talk about sleep. Uh, also, Ian, before we uh, leave, you had a special announcement on a 5K you got coming up. Just tell us briefly about that. All right, I'll make it brief. So Lafayette Police Department's uh, hosting their first annual Foot Pursuit 5K. It's April 21st. Uh, it'll kick off at 9 in the morning. It's at SIA on the east side of their property where they have their own 5K course. Uh, Registration is live. We already have a lot of people signed up, so thank, thank you to them. Uh, tons of great sponsors, so, so t- thank you to all of our sponsors. Uh, to register, it's footpursuit5k.itsyourrace.com. Uh, if you need more information, you can also go to YouTube and search LPD5K, and you can see the awesome video that we made. Right, and you can also follow the City of Lafayette on Facebook at Lafayette IN. We have an event on there with all the details there. Yeah, it's also on LPD's Twitter. Uh, Sign up, please. Great event. All the proceeds are going to go to the Hartford House. Uh, Come out and mingle with the police officers and uh, relieve some stress by running a 5K, right? Maybe do some pull-ups. 
Oh, that's right. We have the SWAT pull-up challenge. They told me brief. They told me brief, so I tried to stop talking. The SWAT pull-up challenge, both men's and women's division. We got great prizes for the 5K and the, uh, the pull-up challenge, so I'd love to see you out there April 21st on the east side of SIA. Once again, registration's at footpursuit5k.itsyourrace.com. Thanks. A lot of great ways to connect to your police department. So not only the 5K, but also our social media and the city. So doing a lot of great things. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Inside the Squad from the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe for new ones on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question for the show, you can email it to podcast at lafayette.in.gov or connect with us on Nextdoor, Twitter, and on our website, lafayettepolice.us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Inside the Squad. Inside the Squad.